We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready. I am in Oxford. Neil's from the road. So let's uh, hope that we have good cell signal service here over the next hour or so. We're here with you. We should be all right. So if you hear anything, that's what it is. But get your podcast. We're going to talk. We're going to cover some uh, things we mentioned yesterday as far as SEC football. What if they were stocks? Buy, sell, hold. What would you do? We'll go through those. We'll hit some other things. A little bit of not much news, but a couple of things going around the world of college athletics. Another day at SEC Media Days, the one-year anniversary of when news broke about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Greg Sankey already making a joke about that this morning. So uh, that and more coming up on today's show. The show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Go to download the Exxon mobile app. They will take care of you with a thousand bonus points. Thousand bonus points equals ten bucks, including right there in your pocket at the tank you're filling up at the time. Also, let them be dinner tonight if you would so uh, so choose for that. Wet or dry ribs, call ahead. They'll wrap them up, have them ready to go with Blue Sky here in Oxford on Highway 6 West. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. He will take care of you. So no matter where you are in the car buying process, let Corey help you out there. Again, Highway 25 South in Amory, 662 257-1900. I guess technically Neil is on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. Raptors here in Oxford. Raptors on the water open as well. Still a lot of summer to go, so let that be part of your weekend. Take the boat out. Just head on over. Whatever you'd like to do there, let Raptors be a part of your weekend, whether it be here or there. Neil, good morning. You're uh, you're on the road, but it sounds like we got a pretty good signal at the moment. Yeah, I think we're okay for a minute. I mean, you know, you never know how that works, but I've made this drive heading east on, on six enough times that I think we're okay. So we'll get into some SEC football stuff. Uh, really not much. I was I was thinking about this this morning when I was doing a little bit of prep. We never do a ton, but it might have been, and I know, we you know, Monday, obviously with Ole Miss, we discussed whatever was coming out of that, but I'm not sure there was one thing I found interesting out of SEC Media Days yesterday. I went through... 
<laughs> segment. I went through everything, and I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, I thought the most interesting answer the whole day was from Mike Leach when he was asked his thoughts on the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban kerfuffle. And he gave a, what I thought was a really balanced, solid, logical answer, which was, well, you know, they both had good points. They're both frustrated. And then he said the word that you said the other day. So Mike Leach said, this is not sustainable. The way it is right now is not sustainable. And, um, like everyone else, he, he doesn't have a solution. Um, he, he didn't pretend to have one, but he just said this isn't sustainable and something has to change and something ultimately will change. I thought it was interesting to have a coach come out and just point blank say that the system as it is right now is not sustainable. Now, that will be unfairly used against Mike Leach in recruiting right away. People will say, see, Mike Leach doesn't want you to get paid. Mike Leach doesn't want you to get NIL, and I'm not here to defend Mike Leach, but that's not what he said. He simply said the same thing that a lot of people, including you, Chase, have Mm -hmm. said, which is, I don't think this is sustainable. The way this is set up, it's going to ruin the game. Um, Nick Saban, who's now, what, 70 years old, I guess he turned 71 on Halloween. Uh, He's got the best team in the country. He's won 15,000 championships already. His legacy could not be more secure. He was asked about super conferences. He said he basically thought they were somewhat inevitable. Um, Didn't think they were necessarily good for the sport. I thought that was the one interesting thing yesterday. And I agree with you. It was pretty boring as a whole. I mean, in terms of what you're looking for headlines, you didn't get them yesterday. Um, but I thought that was kind of the one other interesting thing is that you had these two coaches, two high-profile coaches in the sport, Nick Saban, Mike Leach, both kind of painting a sour picture for the future of the sport unless they can get some form of regulation in order. And then when you kind of hear people try to come up with some what that looks like, no one can. No one comes anywhere close to putting together something that sounds like regulation other than like we talked about yesterday, it almost being the unspoken, we like it the way it was before. We wish we could get back to that. And frankly, if I'm a Texas or I'm a Texas A&M or I'm a Miami or a Tennessee and I'm benefiting more from this than I am the old model, I push back against that. So I, I think we're about to go through at least a couple of years of just sort of wild, wild west until either Mike Leach is, and, and you and people like that are proven accurate that this is unsustainable or until it, the market just sort of corrects itself and we get to a place where people are comfortable with the market and go from there. i tell you what's interesting, and I don't want to read too much into it because Saban is always robotic at these things. He was robotic yesterday, just sort of answered the questions. And you can, you know, he's he's sort of the inverse of Lane at times where he will give you some looks at his actual roster and he'll kind of sort of answer some things. And then he gets, you've got to really dig for big picture stuff with Saban unless he's whining about something or whatever he's doing at the time that is, that is concerning to him. Because he will open up on what is concerning if you're reading through the tea leaves enough. But with Leach and Saban both in different ways, it wasn't this not like vitriolic or anything, but it wasn't this high energy, hey, we got to fix this, we got to whatever. 
if you had to put a word on it, it was almost resignation. On both yeah. of them, it was kind of like, ah, it's just kind of where it's at. It's not, it was not this protest in a way that we're going to get shit done. It was almost of, uh, it was, yeah, it was sobering that it, hey, look, this is not great. And whatever thing they were talking about at the time, it, it was, th- th- that's what's interesting. It, it, it was, it was not rallying cry. It was, hey, we have a problem. And there's a difference there. Yeah, it was, yeah, I agree completely with statement. It's, we have a problem. With Leach, it was, this doesn't work. This won't work. I mean, what he didn't say, but I think you can read between the lines, is we, being Mississippi State, we, we, we don't have the resources to compete in this market. The way right. that this market is set up, this, this won't work. There was not – I didn't hear from Mike Leach whining. I didn't hear complaining. I didn't hear anything resembling anger or frustration. I just heard, a matter of fact, this is not sustainable. And, you know, whether he was talking about the industry as a whole or whether he was talking about trying to compete and win at Mississippi State in this market, I don't know. He didn't say. To my knowledge, he wasn't asked to specify which, which he meant. Um, I, I just took it to be a very candid response to a question. Today, there'll be similar questions asked. Today, you've got Arkansas, Sam Pittman, Billy Napier of Florida, his first SEC media days as the Gators head coach, Kirby Smart at Georgia, and then wrapping it up with uh, Kentucky and Mark Stoops today. There'll be a big crowd there for Levis. You get Stetson Bennett today, Anthony Richardson, and K.J. Jefferson. So all four teams bringing quarterbacks to uh, to the proceedings today prior to well, tomorrow. And, and, yeah. And Chase, that's four interesting programs as it pertains to NIL you I mean you said Arkansas was first you know they we'll talk about this with stock and stuff in a minute but you know Sam Pittman has clearly at least this year it's only been one year I mean he's embraced the portal pretty hard as well in year one um they fill a lot of guys to the portal they replaced a lot of guys with portal guys um and then now they're building their 23 class primarily through high school players it appears getting a lot of four-star kind of the low four-star high three-star guys which i don't know this because i don't i haven't talked to anybody inside that program about it but it it makes me wonder if they think hey that's our avenue to culture building that's our avenue to um, program building that, you know, you maybe it's going to be a little bit more of a blue collar approach and maybe they don't feel like they're prepared to compete at the high dollar mark in NIL any more than maybe Ole Miss is. You know, we, we talked about it at the time, but the week before Jaden Rashada visited Ole Miss, he visited Arkansas and, and you know, he, he had that moment, that tweet where he, retweeted an Arkansas commitment with, you know, let's talk business. And it's my understanding that they did. And Arkansas made a decision that Sunday, that, hey, we can't, we can't do that. We're not in that, we're not in a position to pay that price. And they went another direction, a quarterback. And, and they're recruiting a different kind of high school kid right now. Is it the right way? Is it the wrong way? I don't know. Florida, meanwhile, is under Billy Napier there. You talk to people, they're kind of putting the collective thing together to be pretty aggressive in the near future. Um, I think they want to compete at a high level with NIL. They're not doing it right now. 
Kentucky's been super NIL, but kind of, you know, the B-League NIL. I mean, yeah, they, at, they, at they, their they, level, they've been pretty aggressive. Yeah, but they're they're not going after the, you know, the super five star guy. They're going after four stars. They're they're engaged in the transfer portal. Um, and then who was the other team you mentioned? Georgia. Georgia, yeah, you know, that's fascinating, right? Georgia, Georgia would love nothing more than for it to go back to the old way because that's where they were so efficient. They've got a roster just. Stocks full of players. Yeah, they have a talent. throne just, if it goes the old way that it's hard to even fathom. Yes, hundred percent. They've got a yeah, you know, they they just won a national championship with an absolutely stocked roster that was put together the old way. Um, now they're involved the new way, but they're a lot like Alabama. They, I don't know that Georgia in the market that Mike Leach and Nick Saban and others say is unsustainable. I don't know that Georgia maintains superpower status. Of those four, the two that are most interesting to me, because Arkansas, like you said, they're kind of doing it the old way for them. I mean, you look at what the class they put together. We mentioned this the other day. For 2023, it's the same type of class when things are going okay, which they are right now for Arkansas, that they would be putting together anyway. It's almost like they – they know that niche where you can get the NIL kid at that level and they're just going to be that program. And maybe that, maybe not. Like I said, last year they did something different. Maybe it depends on a lot of factors we're not aware of. Kentucky's has been maybe the biggest pain in Ole Miss's tail from time to time because of what they were able to do quickly with NIL prior to a lot of other schools getting involved at the level that, that Ole Miss and Kentucky were trying to recruit the same type of athlete. So Kentucky is interesting to me. And then Florida and again, we'll get into this on the stocks in a minute. They are doing everything that they can do to get into as high of a tier as possible from NIL. But what they're discovering is it's freaking hard. And if you're not one of those four or five programs, you can't just throw it together. I mean, Florida, it's not like they don't have a booster network. It's not like they don't have fan support. It's not like they don't have all those different things. They're the flagship school in a, in a, in a very, very talent-rich major state with a state with a ton of money. And they couldn't really do it. They realized that crowdsourcing was not the way to go. They realized that even pushing boosters and having that one kingpin guy throwing it all together, they still were well short of what A&M and Texas and some of these other schools are putting together. So, you know, Florida at some point is going to have to kind of figure out, do we have to reverse course a little bit or at least alter what our expectations are? Or can we get some wins and get a little more motivated and actually get into that tier they're sort of stuck in the middle and can't decide what to do right now. Yeah, to me, and you're right, I think Arkansas and Kentucky are very kind of guys running those programs, Sam Pittman, Mark Stoops, kind of blue collar. They're, they have, I think they have both, they would both argue that they are recruiting from a quantity slash quality standpoint, a little higher level player than that they normally would. Because while the, the all the NIL money is going to the super high profile kid that they can't afford, they're able to, to go get a certain type of kind of blue collar kid that um, maybe comes from some, some means where NIL isn't 
the single most important thing in his recruiting. And they're both building these kind of, like I said, workmanlike culture program, whether that works or not remains to be seen. But I do think that's what they're trying to do. And they're also both in athletics programs where the meat of the NIL money right now is going to other sports. In Kentucky, it's obviously basketball. They, they are putting together a lot of NIL money for basketball to go out and get the elite player that uh, Kentucky has always gotten. And now Arkansas is doing the same thing with Eric Musselman. I mean, they've got three freshmen in their, on their campus today that if you pull up very early 2023 NBA mock drafts, they've got three guys that are lottery picks. Well, it stands to reason those guys got a good bit of NIL compensation to, to go to Arkansas. And then you know this well because you cover baseball. I mean, they're, they're pretty engaged in, in baseball NIL right now. One of the, like we talked about yesterday, they're, they're one of those programs along with Ole Miss and LSU and Texas and Texas A&M that once the scholarship thing is resolved in the next 12 years, those are going to be superpowers. So where does football fit in from an NIL standpoint? at Arkansas, at Kentucky, kind of remains to be seen, but both have wildly popular coaches on their campuses and with their alumni bases. So it stands to reason that if Arkansas and Kentucky can both have, you know, solid seasons again this year, that maybe they can kind of continue on sort of an upward plane. And all you got to do is convince a couple of boosters to stroke the big check and next thing you know you're a little bit more competitive and a little bit more competitive and so they're interesting and then like you said florida they thought they were on to something with the crowdsourcing thing and they weren't you mentioned it just now and it kind of caught me a little bit that there is a, a, a potentially a parallel even though arkansas has done incredibly well at one and they're trying to figure out what their 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 tier is if you will in the other how much is Musselman hurting the football NIL, in your opinion? I mean, like, what, 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 it Ole Miss, you know that there's only so much money to go around and that it, the other sports can absolutely impact football or football can absolutely KO other sports when it comes to money being available. What is Arkansas's resources there, to the best of your knowledge? I mean, Musselman has got, really got it going with recruiting. Does that lower Arkansas's football ceiling? I don't know that it lowers it, but I think it, it, it certainly – it factors in. I mean, you know, we people in Arkansas are impacted by the same economy that people in anywhere else are impacted right now. And sure. You've got a basketball program that's gone to back-to-back elite eights. Well, if you can get to the elite eight, elite eight Chase, you can win the national championship. And, you know, they won a national championship in the mid-90s. They, they lost the national championship game in the mid-90s. They can get there. I mean, you know, it's, that's that's not a stretch. If you're Eric Musselman and you're hitting up boosters about NIL, it's not a stretch to say, hey, we can win the national championship here. And now he's recruited, what's the kid's name, Nick Smith Jr. and uh, Walsh and, and I think it's Jordan Walsh and Anthony Blatt, three kids that are all potential lottery picks in a year. Well, if you can get three lottery picks on your roster, you, you and they went out and got the, the, the big transfer kid from Wichita State, Got a couple of kids back from the Elite Eight team. I mean, they're they're a national title contender. They'll open the season somewhere in the top seven or eight in the country. Uh, they, you know, if you're Eric Musselman, you can you can tell boosters, hey, we we've got a national championship potential roster here, and you can back that up. So if the money's and you know, and they 
they've covered it with their baseball program. They, they've had a pop fly in the air that would have won a title. And I think they played Ole Miss for a national championship a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, they've finished second and third in two of the last four years of, of college baseball. So, Dan Horn can look a, a booster in the eye there and say, hey, we're a national championship caliber program. We just need one more little boost. And whether he's right or wrong, it certainly be hard to argue against that. So, yeah, does that, you know, can Sam Pittman look a booster in the eye and say, hey, we're close to a national championship? No. Can he look a booster in the eye and say, we won nine games last year and we could have won 10 and football makes a bunch of money here and football makes people happy and football's the what grows the campus and grows the sport and grows the, you know, admissions and all of those things the same way it does at, at Ole Miss or anywhere else? Yep. Sure. I, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how all that shakes out. And, you know, at Kentucky – can, can Mark Stoops really go in and, and convince a booster who was otherwise going to give his money to John Calipari to give his money to him? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he has to some extent so far, but I mean, it's not like Kentucky basketball is hurting. They're still getting theirs. Uh, just quickly as we, uh, as we move on, because I don't know that I'll remember to come back to this, uh, Justin Bench, Kevin Graham, both taken in the Major League Baseball draft yesterday. They finished up the draft rounds 11 through 20. We're on uh, Tuesday. Bench and, Bench and Graham will both uh, will both sign. I'm almost sure of. And then uh, they had two commits or signees as well. Um, Ethan Leje, the kid from Delgado. He uh, was taken by the Brewers in the 19th round. I don't expect him to sign. Everything should be good there. The Brewers were just sort of burning picks late. They didn't have the money to try to go get somebody um, at that point and oversign him. So he's really good defensively. He can play all over the field. There's been some bench comparisons that I refuse to make just because that's not fair to him. But uh, it, I think he will show up on campus. And then the one that's a little more interesting but should still be okay is Grayson Saunier, the uh, right-handed pitcher out of Collierville, Tennessee. The Rangers took him in the 19th round. They don't have the money unless something fell through with Brock Porter. Brock Porter was the number 12 overall player in the country as far as rankings go heading into the draft. He had a big uh, a big price tag, around $4 million. He slipped all the way down into the fourth round when the Rangers took him there. However, if you remember, the Rangers took Kumar Rocker third overall. Rocker has reportedly signed for $2.39 million below slot, and it sounds like they are using the majority of that on Porter to make sure they get him done. So the Rangers potentially coming out of the draft with two of the top three, four uh, pitchers in the country there on their, uh, there on their team. As long as that follows through, as long as nothing changes there, they will, uh, they will sign Porter and then Sonia will be in Oxford. But should something fall through, should Porter for some reason not sign with the Rangers and signability become an issue um, that would leave a lot of money left. And Sonia would be one of the prime candidates to sign with Texas. So something to watch there, but probably is okay as far as, Ole Miss and getting Sonia to uh, to campus. The Rangers are saying they expect to sign everybody that they drafted and that they have about 3.7 available for Porter, and it sounds like that's probably enough. So that's kind of where that's sitting right now as, uh, as, as we move on. But, yeah, uh, Rocker signs for 5-2, something like that, but it's 2.39 below slot value. Yeah, I, I said this yesterday. I'm so fascinated to see what happens with Kumar Rocker. I mean – that that's it's, uh, you, you were right yesterday. It's it's got Drew Brees, Dante Culpepper vibes to it. That if if Rocker ends up being an anchor of a of a rotation in Texas, the people in New York that flagged his 
medicals will never live it down. Uh, no, you're. I mean, you really are. I mean, you know, the, the Mets always find ways to screw things up. And I mean, this has a chance to be one of those we're talking about for 20, 25 years. I mean, seriously. I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, if Kumar Rocker becomes like a, the ace of a Ranger staff or the number two guy on a Ranger staff and a multi-time all-star and a guy who finishes in the top five in the Cy Young balloting. And I mean, he's got this magnetic personality that, I mean, he's one of those people and, you know, baseball is looking for faces that it can market and Kumar Rocker's potentially one of those guys. I mean, and you had a chance to have him in New York as part of the Mets and, you know, and, and you, you took a first round pick on him and you just didn't, you flagged him, you flagged his medicals. You, you essentially said, this guy's his arm's going to blow out and we're not confident we can fix it even. I mean, like I told you yesterday, I mean, there's, there's a long line, the kid from Oklahoma that, that the Cubs signed or yeah, they've already signed him. Um, you know, he's already had Tommy John. Major League Baseball's not terrified of Tommy John. It's a one year deal. They've got the, they, they've got the rehab down to the day. You know that. The fact that the Mets didn't get it done with Kumar Rocker tells you that somebody in that organization was, was adamant that he was too risky to give the money to. And then Texas turns around one year later and uses the third pick in the draft on him. It, somebody's – listen, either one, one of the organizations is wrong, bad wrong. And if it's the Mets – Man, you, you I, I feel for their medical people if Kumar Rocker in two years is, you know, 18 and seven with a 2.7 something ERA and a, you know, one whip. That, you won't live that down. You know, what's interesting about it is they are, they kind of got those two lottery tickets going because when they took Rocker at three, they couldn't have any idea that Porter would fall all the way to the fourth. But now you've got a chance to just absolutely steal and win the draft here if you're Texas, where you save that money and can kind of two-for-one it on two guys that are dynamic, big personalities, as you said, incredibly good pitchers. I mean, there's there's some opportunity there if you're Texas to really make a jump here as as this thing moves forward. So uh, let's see. Take a uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. We'll talk some uh, some stock values for the Southeastern Conference. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's take a break in the podcast. Tell you about Johnston Hill Creamery. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com. They make all their cheeses locally and in-house every single day. They've got a great lunch menu that's available through Fetch Delivery and uh, much more. You can give them a call at 662-419-9201. Our cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. A small batch of artisanal cheese, fermentation, charcuterie, and much more. Just off Molly Bar here in Oxford. And then uh, go to their Instagram page. i tell you about Tasting Tuesdays, all the different information. And then including a video this week of uh, they're making their own homemade cannoli shells to make great cannolis. They've got those in multiple different ways. You can get those over the course of the year. So again, Johnson Hill Creamery, 662-419-9201. Podcast also brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark. That's N-E Spark. Spark service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. The one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, portal controls, and much more. So, again, call the office for more details, 662-238-3159. Prime Shrimp finished up their uh, their latest offer to you. They gave first-time customers a 50% discount. Several of you took, or many of you took advantage of that. We appreciate you doing that. And remember, even now, if you have not tried it yet, sorry, your first order, 20 bucks off with code MPW for primeshrimp.com. They've got five different flavors available for you there. We've been telling you about it for a long time. That's less than 10 minutes. Freezer two plate for restaurant quality shrimp. And then also, if you want something that uh, get in a better quality than a lot of the grocery stores, they've also got their own IQF prime shrimp as well. It's what they've been peeling for over 70 plus years. It's what you find at the grocery store. It's just peeled better and with more care straight from New Orleans. So whether it's that or the flavored pouches, you get that on their website, primeshrimp.com. And last but not least, GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. They offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you once you're at the pharmacy. One delivery and you have what you need when you need it with GNM or Tyson Drugs on the square in Holly Springs. And with their med packs and their pouches, they give you what you need morning, afternoon, evening. They're individually packaged and ready to go for you. Maybe it's helping parents out, anybody who needs their medic- their medications better managed. Give GNM a call. They can switch over your medications, take it all, 
easy for you. Again, that's 662-236-2222. So I kind of just had this idea on the fly yesterday, but um, that's okay. We got uh, We'll start with SEC West. Still got plenty, uh, plenty of time prior to the season openers, the first week of September for uh, for everybody, I guess. And the way that I kind of had this in my head, you can alter it any way you want to, Neil, is we'll take what a you know imaginary price would be into account where where these schools are sitting right now, and then a three or a five year period. I'm good with either one, whatever you would like to to to, to do from that standpoint. Um, and then start. In the West, I've got the standings from last year. So we'll just go down them in that order. Alabama obviously going 13-2 and two last year, falling to Georgia. Um, and they have what is likely to be an even better team this year. It feels like they are the clear and absolute front runner for the national title. So if I'm doing three years with Alabama, I'm, I'm holding because I think they're steady. I think they're, they're out the national championship. Point. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just – it's a foolproof stock for the next three years. You know, they're going to win this year. Uh, Ty Simpson is, you know, if you talk to people around the Alabama program, some people think he's the best quarterback that has ever come through there potentially, which is saying something these days when you look at the That's the a little bit of a scary notion all of a sudden because Bama's, you know, for, for years Bama had the – kind of that mark of they couldn't do quarterbacks. And now what you, you look at it and they've got several you know NFL starters and then obviously Bryce Young sitting there waiting to go next. Yeah, so people talk about him. But if we're doing five years on Alabama, I mean, it's probably still a hold. But you start thinking about selling your stock a little bit. What does that look like in five years? Is Nick Saban coaching at Alabama at age 76? He doesn't look any different at 70 than he did at 60, frankly. But you do wonder at that age, you know, does his health begin to fail? Does his wife's health begin to fail? Does does he finally lose the edge just a little bit? You know, and then I would hate – I don't care who it is. I don't care how good he is. You couldn't – you couldn't convince me as an agent – to talk one of my clients into being the guy that replaces Nick Saban at Alabama. You, there's, there's, nowhere, there's nowhere you can go up from where Saban has gone. Now, the guy who replaces the guy who replaces Saban, sure. But I don't want to be that guy. I mean, you, you've got a real chance to be three and out in, in that scenario. So on a five-year deal, I might, I might sell some of my stock. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think the the uncertainty of it on a five year deal is worth it because any fall off changes that price and the perception of Alabama in such a way that, like you said, I mean, the next coach, unless he just absolutely rolls through it and wins title after title after title, because that's also what happens with legacies, is we find ourselves overvaluing past people. So in some ways, Saban is going to be even bigger than his resume allows, which is the greatest college football coach of all time, it's going to be impenetrable, not touchable, nothing. I mean, just completely and utterly, well, whatever you did, well, here's what Nick would have done better. Nick Nick Saban minimized Bear Bryant. Yeah. When I was living in Alabama and I was covering – the SEC and, and a lot of Alabama and a lot of Auburn and I was a columnist after my days on the Auburn beat 
I mean, we you go cover a game at Alabama, and the entire pregame was about, hey, we do things with clouds. Bear Bryant. Always Bear Bryant. And now, nobody thinks about nobody thinks about um, Alabama as just Bear Bryant's program. In fact, Bear Bryant's on the back burner. It, this will be Nick Saban's program for years to come. And I just didn't. There weren't there weren't many people who could have pulled that off, Chase. And there, there's going to be that's going to be a really difficult set of shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. I just don't think people fully get it. I mean, yeah, they can go, they can go make a big hire. Sure. Um, but it's going to be hard to, to accomplish what, what he accomplished. And, and I just think they're going to take a step back. So last year in the, uh, in the standings, Ole Miss finishes six and two in the sec, 10 and three, obviously overall, Ten and two of the regular season, and the loss to Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Rebels outscoring opponents four thirty-eight to three twenty-one last year. By far the second most points in the SEC West, outside of Alabama scoring five ninety-eight, which is ridiculous. It, you waited too long to buy Ole Miss's stock. There was a time where that was one of the best values in the SEC as they were making this rise. When Lane Kiffin got the job, all through that process, very very obvious times when Ole Miss would be the the stock to get in surge. But right now is not that time. They, they, they won 10 games. There's a lot of volatility around what exactly it's going to look like from a year-to-year basis. Um, you have no idea what this program is or isn't in three to five years. It's not saying that it's going to suck. It's not saying it's not going to suck. You just have no clue. I don't think they're going to bottom out or anything. But when you've won 10 games, if you're buying Ole Miss's stock today, you're saying that there is a room to move upward and Ole Miss is going to make the playoff and contend for national titles because that's the only step remaining. So that right. is where you're at if you were buying Ole Miss's stock. Um, it's a stock that I would have loved in 2020, but it's a no-go for me in 2022 simply because I don't know that there's enough room to elevate and make a ton of money on a three- or five-year plan here. I think Ole Miss is going to be very competitive this year. I think they're going to win somewhere between seven and nine games. Um, but that's not gaining money on my stock as we get into this 2022 season. So are you selling stock or are you just kind of holding stock? I'm holding or even selling a little. Yeah. I mean, if I get the right, because here's the deal. My price is probably pretty high right now, right? Yeah. I mean, if my price is good, then yeah, we'll, 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 we'll diversify a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a fair thing. And I know I'm going to have stuff thrown at the radio or however, wherever they're listening to this podcast. I'm not saying they're about to go become a four and eight program at all. I'm still saying from a stock value standpoint, you're either betting that Ole Miss starts winning 10 and 11 games consistently, or you're holding or selling if you think that that's more like eight to 10. Because and they're, they're going to get to that, and if they're going to get to that place where they take a step from where they are right now, which is right, you're right. I mean, I wish I could have bought the stock in 2019, 2020 when it was like you know just just penny stock, and I, I mean I would have, I'd be rolling in it. Yeah, Elijah Moore died in Starkville. We would have bought some stock and made a lot of money. A lot. And now I'm I want to hold some of it because I think they're in a good spot. But look, there are some questions. We've talked about it. Um, you have a coach who is standing at the podium repeatedly talking about highest bidder, and it's the it all comes down to money, and and NIL is the most important thing in recruiting, and he's it comes. A, 
some people push back when I said it comes across as almost whining. And they, okay, so I'll, I'll I'll even say, okay, you're right. Maybe he's just telling it like it is. But if he's telling it like it is, what he's telling you is we can't compete at that level. And if that's the case, well, then it's hard for me to justify an argument that you're going to go from 10 and two to the next step, which is like you said, is the playoff. Um, so I think on a three year plan, I'm probably just kind of selling a little of it, holding some of it. And on a five year plan, man, I just don't know. I mean, is Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss in five years? Um, if he's not, who is, you know, how attractive is that job? Do they get some of the NIL stuff settled up? Does the NIL settle down? There's just so many questions around them that I'd be reluctant to do anything drastic one way or the other. And whenever Lane leaves, whether it's this year or in 10 years, do you have that one recruiting class that really is the struggle that kind of hurts the overall roster composition because of maybe other coaches not being able to replicate his portal heaviness? Because you yeah, run the risk go of going, to... hey, wow, this next guy can't do that the same way, and now it's going to take a year of adjustment. And does something get passed? And this is the rumor that's out there. Does something get passed that, hey, even if you've transferred once, you can transfer again if you can get a waiver. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. hey, the coach that I went to play for left, and that, that's the justification for the waiver. Well, you have a scenario if you have a portal-heavy program, and it appears that Ole Miss could very well have one where a coach leaves and you have a mass exodus and then you bottom out a little bit. So I don't think that's going to happen, but if we're just talking about, you know, investments here, it's just kind of one that I don't want to get too aggressive one way or the other on. Arkansas nine and four last year, four and four in the SEC. You mentioned the recruiting class a minute ago. We mentioned that obviously had the ball in the air against Ole Miss to win 10 games if everything else had stayed as it was. I keep coming back to what's interesting about Arkansas is that they still went 4-4 four and four in the league. Not that that's bad. Yeah. Not that that's anything else. They came a hell of a long way from when you could decide what you want to do with the penny stock that was Chad Morris. But I don't know that I feel like they're going to take this plunge to make me money either. Arkansas is a stock that I might have bought a little at the start of the Sam Pittman era. You believed in that more than I did. I probably would have dabbled a little, gotten a little, because it couldn't have been worse, and it was so cheap. Why not? What's it going to hurt? But I'm not necessarily in a position when I watch their strategies and watch everything going on that I think Arkansas is about to perennial be some 10 or 11 win team to make me want to buy the stock right now. Because in some ways, I think their stock is even overvalued because everybody's getting stuck on 9 and 4 until you dig into the minutia a little bit of it. I kind of like right where they are right now. If I had their stock, if I bought it in 2020, I made a little money on it. Now I'm just going to kind of hang on to it. It's it's a nice, steady, nice, steady stock. Um, I'm probably higher on Pittman than you are. Um, I think he fits, fits them culturally in a way that, uh, you know, they do, people do a lot of Matt Luke comparisons with Sam Pittman and, 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 and the Matt Luke comparison is not fair. To, to Pittman, it's incorrect. And listen, I like Matt Luke a lot. You know that. I consider Matt a friend. But Sam Pittman was able to go get his coordinators day one. Matt Luke didn't. We, we, we talked about that. Sam Pittman, because of what he replaced, was a wildly unpopular coach. Sam Pittman, because he wanted the Arkansas job, 
and was so excited to get the Arkansas job. Those people embraced him, and now he's made them a hell of a lot more competitive than they were in the in the um, Morris era. So he's got a level of support in Fayetteville that Matt Luke never had in Oxford. So yeah, do I think they could be four and four in the league on a pretty steady basis? Yeah, I think that's I think that's possible, and if if that's the case, and they schedule right, they win some non-league games there. You know, can they be a perennial eight and four type team? Sure, and that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of where they are right now. And so I think I'd I'd hang on to my stock on him, and he's not going anywhere. He'll stay there for as long as as they'll have him. And you know, he's been able to keep his coordinators, and people keep saying he's going to yes. lose them, and he doesn't lose. He doesn't lose them. He's been able to keep them, and you know, I. I think Barry Odom is going to stay at Arkansas unless Barry can land an SEC uh, or a Power Five or Power Three or whatever the hell we have now head coaching gig. And, you know, Kendall Bryles will eventually leave to be a head coach. But, you know, Mario Cristobal tried to get him, couldn't get him. And Pittman has proven to be a good coach to work for. He's like I said, he's kind of built a culture there. There is some consistency and some steadiness. I don't think they're going to contend for titles, but I don't think they're going to bottom out either. Yeah. And I guess that was the thing. I, I feel like the price is inflated is all it is. Yeah, I think they can go four and four in the league. I have no issue with that at all. I just don't know that the price makes it where if you were getting in today, you would buy it. If you had Morris, sure, yeah, I think you're holding and you could easily just go, hey, I've already made my money and now let's see what happens. Yeah, but, I, I think so. Um, Mississippi State, seven and six last year, four and four in the SEC. I would not have bought Mike Leach stock at any point since he was hired. And I wouldn't start now. I just think the ceiling is too low. And while I don't necessarily think he's going to go 2-10 and 10 very often or anything, there is nothing about him or his trajectory or that program that would make me want to put a penny into it. I would any, – any stock that I had in, in Mississippi State, I'd sell it. And it, it's in large part because of some of the comments that Leach has made. And it's also because if you look around the rest of the West, you've got Alabama, obviously. We're going to get to LSU in a minute. You know, Ole Miss is, Ole Miss is a lot better right now than, than – if, if you're Mississippi State to win, you need Ole Miss and Arkansas to be bad. And, and at a minimum, at a minimum, Ole Miss and Arkansas are average. And, and at a ceiling, Ole Miss is really good. And Arkansas is pretty damn close to being really good right now. And so if that's the case – there's no room for you. And that's before you even talk about Texas A&M and before you even talk about Auburn and what happens when Texas and Oklahoma join the league. I, I, I don't, I don't want any part of that stock. Mm-hmm. A&M up next eight and four on the season, four and four in the sec. They have the weird year where they beat Alabama and Auburn and still go four and four in the league, which is one of the stranger stats that you can possibly do. If you're Jimbo and the Aggies, we're, we're well aware of their NIL prowess, the talent that is on that roster. I guess the interesting part of this for me, because I do think I would have bought to A&M stock when Jimbo was hired, for sure. I think I would have some of it right now. But what is the price right now? Because everybody's doing this national title and this deal. That's a really expensive stock to own right now, right? Yeah, it's real pricey to get because it's a fad stock. And it might turn out to be a boom, but yeah, it's super expensive to get. You tell your broker, Hey, I want some A&M stock. And he's like, yeah, you and everybody else. And the price is going up. 
And so for you to get a return on your investment on that expensive stock, they've got to start winning national titles, national titles. Mm-hmm. They've got to be in the playoff. They have to take Alabama's place in the SEC pecking order. And are you really willing to bet on that right now? I don't know. Now, I'll tell you this, and I've said this before 18,000 times on this show, but you know who my source was. A very prominent college football person said that if NIL stays the way NIL is today, Texas, Texas A&M, and USC are going to be the national powers, period. And there does not appear to be an NIL change. And if that person's right, then... Chase, it's worth it to buy the stock. It is. Uh, everybody used to say, everybody used to say Kirby Smart's not a good enough game coach to win the national title. Sure. And then Kirby Smart got so much talent that, well, they just won the national title. And Jimbo's won a national title before. So when people say, well, Jimbo can't do it, well, he's already done it. Now, look, I don't think Jimbo's the best game coach in the world. And I think sometimes their offense lacks the ingenuity that you need in, in, in the modern game. Sure. But if you at some point have just more talent than everybody else, just simply more talent than everybody else, well, that wins. And so I'm, while I'm, I, I, I don't have an argument with the people that are like, it's never going to happen, man. They're just not going to do it. They're just, they're just a fad. There is a part of me that goes, I don't know. I think I just saw this happen and happen. And you look at the account IRS just keep up by our show yesterday and they are that 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 yeah, I get it, but if they get quarterback play, they're scary. I think that I would be conservative with them. I would like I said, I would have some stock that I got at a good price when Jimbo was hired. And I think I would sell it right now at this ridiculously high price and just go, hey, if they win it and it goes up a little more, great. But it's always already really expensive. I'm going to make money off of my initial investment. We're going to we're going to call it a bet. And I'm and, I, and I'm going to be really, and, and I'm going to be upset potentially in three or four years when that's Amazon splitting. But probably the probably the probably the frugal approach. But there, there's risk yeah. in that. There's risk in the A and M stock either way. Yeah, sure. Six and seven overall, three and five in the SEC, the Auburn Tigers. I like nothing about their current program whatsoever. The benefit to buying Auburn stock today, because you would have already sold it had you had any prior to today, because it is bottomed out and it's become horrid from a price and a perception standpoint, is that it's so freaking low that Auburn is going to get motivated to some point that you're at least going to make money eventually if you just grab it and throw it over to the side and hold it over there, because there's nothing in their history that says they're going to suck forever, but you can't want anything close to a quick and short-term return on that money if you're the, if you're winning Auburn stock because I still think it's going to get worse before it gets better for the Tigers. I do too. I think it's going to bottom out some this year, and then they're going to have to go search for a new CEO. And can you find the CEO that understands the modern market? Can you get a CEO who can convince people to get the hell out of the way? Can you stop all the coups? Can you, when the new CEO comes in and tries to do it his way and the, the old guard comes back and tries to have another coup, can he survive it? 
you know, people do the, we've talked about this. People talk about Lane Kiffin at Auburn. And I've said this repeatedly. I just don't see the fit. So who does, who does Auburn go get? Who's, who's the guy that comes in and gets in between Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and recruits at the same level that those programs are recruiting, and that's what it's going to take. And then you get into the rest of the SEC West landscape that we just talked about with A&M, and we haven't even gotten to LSU yet. You know, what if Lane Kiffin stays at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is kind of where it is today? Well, that makes things more problematic at Auburn. What if Sam Pittman stays at Arkansas and keeps them as a four and four, maybe even a five and three program where they're beating Auburn on occasion. I mean, look, Auburn's where it is right now. And in the last two years, they've beaten Ole Miss and Arkansas in back-to-back years. They're sort of due to lose that game. I mean, that's, I think that's the step this year. I think Auburn loses to Ole Miss and maybe Auburn loses to Arkansas and, and they go from six and seven to four and eight. It's a disaster there. Because you have no favors. You're permanent over there, at least for today, is Georgia. You got them out of the East. You get the one more. You get the entire West. But yeah, I mean, you can you can go into it thinking that Auburn is going to be favored over no one but Mississippi State in the SEC West. And frankly, they blew a four-touchdown lead and lost to State last year. I mean, that that wasn't a wild game. No, no. They, well, they, State plays them well. Yeah. Look, they beat Ole Miss two years ago on a, on a referee call. They did. They beat Arkansas last year on a weird call in the third quarter on a play that was probably a, should have been a should have been a scoop and score for Arkansas, and it got it got called an incomplete pass, if I remember it correctly. It was uh, the play was blown dead or something. I mean, they've benefited. They, they've kind of gotten breaks in the last two years and still finished where they were. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. It feels like they're sliding. You're right, and I covered them for a long time, and they just kind of find ways to win, and, and there's nothing in their history that says they're going to suck. But we're entering a new time, and they're going to have to figure it out. And, and you know, they, they are one of those programs that would probably love to go back to the old method of recruiting because it doesn't appear that they're any more – competitive in NIL or even close to as competitive in NIL as Kentucky or Florida or Ole Miss or some of the other programs we've talked about. No. Not at all. Um, let's see. LSU, six and seven overall. Buying it. I'm, I'm, buying it. I'm, I'm, I'm buying so much stock. I'm buying stock. <laughs> Are you buying more today than you were a week ago, and why? Well, I'm, I'm buying more today because the head coach stood up at the podium and said we won't be outbid. And he's a coach that wins everywhere he goes. The stock is cheap right now, and I've got – that's a that's a value buy. It's – it, it is, but here's the deal. It's not as cheap as Auburn, right? No, it's not. We, as we cheap haven't as given Auburn, up on LSU to that extent, correct? But it, it, no, but it's not as expensive as as A and M stock or or Alabama stock or. I mean, I can get I can get what I think is a I can probably get it at an eight eight and four value, and I think 
that program's probably better than that under Brian Kelly if he stabilizes it. And look, the NCAA is not doing anything to them. I mean, everybody, we keep getting that question, you know, when's the NCAA going to hammer them? I mean, I'm starting to think my answer's never. And if that's the case, and they can compete in NIL, and they will compete in NIL, and Kelly's, Kelly's going to stabilize that, um, you know, that program. And they always have talent. If he can accrue the talent, and Alabama takes a little step back, and it just stands to reason. I, I mean, I'm not – I'm not going to go as bold as Tyler Siski did on our show yesterday where he basically guaranteed that LSU would win a national championship under Brian Kelly before it was all said and done, but I think they're going to be in the mix. Yeah. No, it's a buy for sure. I mean, I think you're getting a good price on it. I think they're going to be a good program. I think, Kelly, you know, like I said, Kelly's won everywhere he's gone, and if they are, the, the missing piece was what exactly does that recruiting look like on a national level for LSU in today's environment, and if that's at all okay. There's there's not much negative there for the uh, for the Tigers in the SEC West. Uh, switching over to the East, Georgia, eight and 14 and one, a national championship for uh, the Bulldogs. That that stock is sky high right now. Frankly, I wouldn't own any of it because I didn't. I mean, I was kind of one of those that was sort of in a wait and see mode on Georgia to a certain extent. And now it is so expensive, and as we keep saying, in the NIL era, I just don't know where you can justify going in and buying a ton of it at this high of a rate. No, I'm, I'm selling my Georgia stock, because I would have I would have made money on Georgia stock. I'm selling my Georgia stock and turning around and investing some of it in LSU, investing some of it in probably Tennessee in a minute. Um, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting out of the Georgia stock market, and I'm thanking them for what they did from my portfolio, and, but I'm moving on. Kentucky, 10-3 and three overall, 5-3 and three in the SEC. We've talked a ton about the Wildcats today and in past days. It is, it is an expensive stock for Kentucky. They're sort of in that old Miss realm a little bit right now, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think I'm kind of approaching Kentucky. want to buy any more of it, but I'm not in any hurry to sell it either. Like I, I you know, I, you told me that this is Kentucky for the next few years. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. You told me this is that they've replaced some of the others as a perennial second to third place team in the East. I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, they might, they might be really good this year. Chase, they they could go they could go six and two in the league. Mm-hmm. You could make a little you could make a little money on your on your investment right now. I'm, I'm not I'm not in any 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 rush to unload my Kentucky stock. He, he's he's built a they have an identity. They recruit pretty well. Uh, they've had some success in the transfer portal. He's well. The fan base loves him. Um, no, there's there's nothing wrong with. I mean, if you're looking at them as a company, they're they're stable. Yeah, I see nothing that's going to bottom bottom them out at all. No, I mean, I, no. I, yeah, I, you're good there. I mean, like even if it dips back, you got it at a time when you've already made money. So just hold it, just chill. 
Well, you know, I mean, the one place he could go is he gets mentioned as the next guy in Iowa if, if Ferentz leaves, you know, but that would be a very attractive job. I mean, I think the Kentucky job, if it were to you know, hypothetically open up this season, let's say that Ferentz retires and Stoops gets the Iowa job, I think the Kentucky job would be more attractive to candidates today than it, it has been in, hell, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think I'm hanging on to my Kentucky stock the more I talk about it. And Kentucky does care. So they're always – I do think they're at a point where they're going to stay above traditional expectations and results. Like, they're putting oh, yeah, more into sure. that program now than they ever have before, legally and illegally. I mean, they're putting, they're putting money into baseball, and it makes no sense. Yeah. They have money. They're spending money. I, no, I'm, I'm kind of – I was high on Kentucky last year, if you remember, and – I'm I'm pretty high on them this year. I said it on my show with Tyler yesterday. If you told me that I could, if the football gods came down and I could have one score from the Ole Miss season, you offered me one score to let me make a prediction. I would I would ask for the Kentucky score right now. Mm-hmm. Tennessee seven and six overall, four and four in the league. I'm, I'm just gonna watch. You're buying. I'm buying, not aggressively, but I'm taking some of my Georgia stock and putting it in the Tennessee. Okay, I like that. I like that plan a lot. I mean, they, I mean, the Nico Iamaliva thing, is, it, it's not dipping your toe in IL water. It's just cannonballing right in, my man. And they are incredibly motivated to maybe be that next or one of those next programs beyond what you said a minute ago. Absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't, I could not say it any better than you just did. I mean, it's, 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 we're back on the, maybe it just is what it is, but if there's a way for them to get back, they are attempting to go down those paths to get there. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a moderate buy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not investing my life savings in it, but sure. I'm putting some of my, I'm putting some of my Georgia profits into it. I think because if somebody said Tennessee is the number two team in the East for a while, you buy that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I might, and we're going to talk about Florida in a minute. I think, I think I would, if you told me it's either Tennessee or Florida, I think I'd tell you, I thought it was Tennessee. Yeah. Missouri three and five in the conference, six and seven overall. I have not owned any Missouri stock. I am not buying any Missouri stock. Anybody else can have all of it they would like. I am a complete out on the Tigers. I'm with you completely. I don't want any part of it. Just, the ceiling it is so nothing. low. It just does nothing for me. I mean, you it's if 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 Missouri football is an an item at the you know you're at the clothing store. You're at the Rogue. It's it's the sport coat you don't even look at. It's not even fun to track, whether it's stocks or you're hunting bourbon or any of that stuff. There's certain brands and certain things where you go, you know what, I'm going to have some fun with this, even if they lose or even if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Missouri's not even fun. No, you, you bring up bourbon. Missouri is the bourbon that your, your friends tell you, hey, you ought to try this bourbon. And you're like, nah, I'm good. You never try it. You just have no interest. And you never feel like you, 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 there's never any um, FOMO there. Mm-mm. Never. None. You, you don't ever think, oh, gosh, a bunch of my buddies are 
drinking this whatever, and you're like, eh, no, I, I know it's not good. Mm-hmm. You, there's nothing to ever convince you to even try it. And you, there's never a moment that you think, ah, I wish I'd given that a shot. Nope. Yeah. Now we're so, about to talk about one that I'm, we're about to talk about one that I feel a little differently about. The South Carolina Gamecocks, three and five overall. I mean, sorry, the conference, seven and six overall. Um, Shane Beamer has impressed me to this point. We, we made fun of him a lot when he was hired, but he has a very clear identity. He's done a good job getting people engaged. They hit the portal pretty hard last year. I still don't think the ceiling is extraordinarily high, but I do think you're exactly right. If nothing else, I would enjoy holding a little of it, buying a little of it, and watching it play out. South Carolina is fun to me. They are the bourbon that even though it's kind of cheap, you look at it and go, you know what, I'm going to give that a shot. I, I'm, I'm going to buy a bottle of that. And I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And I, I think I think from a stock standpoint, yeah, I think it's a good buy because it's cheap right now. I think you're not going to lose money on it. And there's a decent chance that you make some money. Are you going to – is it going to be what allows you to retire at 45? No. But it might give you the money to take an extra beach vacation. I could see that. Um, they've got – they're making progress with NIL. Beamer will st- will stay there for a long time if they'll have him. Um, he got off to the right kind of start. They've got a a very loyal fan base, all of those things. Yeah, sure. As long as your expectations aren't too lofty, I think you could be pretty pleased with your South Carolina side. Yeah, I don't think they're at the point. Like one of the SEC Network talking heads yesterday said they're going to beat Georgia in week three. That's not going to happen. But uh, we're going to – but they're they're, they're, they're I don't know right. I don't know where that's coming from. People are doing this deal with South Carolina like, oh, they're going to go to Fayetteville in week two and win, and then turn around and beat Georgia in week three. I heard somebody say that yesterday. I'm like, no, I mean odds are overwhelming they're going to lose both of those games. I mean, yeah, they won some games last year, but let's not go crazy here. I mean, they also got when they played good teams, they got blown out. I mean, let's be let's slow the roll there. I mean, it's Spencer Rattler. I get it. Guy who lost his, job. lost his job. Yeah. And and when he played against was it I guess it was I can't remember who it was, Iowa State or somebody that he came back in because Williams got hurt. He didn't he wasn't particularly effective. He's good. And he'll make them better than they were at quarterback a year ago, but I'm not I'm not ready to crown Rattler a first round pick. They have wins that stuck out to people. They're, they, they, you know, they win whatever they won last year, and their wins were Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, Troy, and then Vanderbilt, Florida, Auburn, and North Carolina. Their last three wins were Florida, yeah. Auburn, and Carolina, and it stuck out to people. Now, they lost to Missouri, and they got throttled by Clemson. They got throttled by A&M. They got throttled by Tennessee. And by the time they beat Auburn, Auburn had – choked. Auburn had spit the bit. They they were done. And North Carolina didn't care anything about being in that belt bowl or the Mayo Bowl, whatever it was. Um, And Florida sucked last year. I mean, Florida was shitty last year. Pardon my language. They really were. I mean, I know that they had gators on their helmet and they looked like Florida, but they didn't play like Florida. They were bad. 
They went two and six, six and six. Yeah, they were a bad football team. So I, I, I don't. I like Beamer. I think he's fun. I think kids like him. I, like I said, I, I, I spend some money and buy the stock, but I'm, I, I do. I think there there needs to be some caution there because there are some people that are just going wild with this. South Carolina is going to beat Georgia. No, it's not. It's not. South Carolina is going to go to Fayetteville and win. I mean, I guess they could. I'd bet on Arkansas. I forgot that Florida beat Tennessee 38-14 to last year. I didn't do. They went 2-6 and six in the league, and their two wins were Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Yeah. Dan Mullen start fading fast, didn't it? South, South Carolina beat them 40-17. to 17. They lost to Mizzou in wow. overtime. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah. Speaking of the Gators, 6-7 and seven overall, 2-6 and six in the league. Look, the stock is about as low on a Florida stock as you could ever get, so I'm going to buy it. Um, I'm going to yeah. wait a little on return. I do think that you're seeing signs that – while their plan is not currently working to the level that they think they thought it was going to work, they are very motivated. They're engaged. They have some key booster involvement that is going to help them here. They're not going to stay down. So I'm not trying to retire off of it, but I'm going to take a flyer that it's them and not Tennessee that emerges as that number two program in the East for a little while. Eventually, Especially on a five-year situation, I like Billy Napier. I think he's underrated. I think he has a clear culture that he tries to put into effect there. Florida still has enough name value. I'm I'm, I'm going to buy the Gators and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the right strategy. Um, there's just further to go. I think there's further to go for them to get to where people are used to them being than than people realize. For whatever reason, Mullen just could not, at the end, could not recruit there. And so it's a roster that's kind of got to be rebuilt. But we're in an era where you can rebuild rosters quickly. But Napier's going to do it his way, and his way might take a minute. So, But you're right. In a five-year plan, probably a really good buy. Florida is an overrated program historically. They are not a program that is foolproof. They are two coaches who have won national titles, and those two are Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. It's yeah, I mean, not one like everybody wins there. One guy's an offensive genius who also won at Duke, and one guy's just a scumbag who would do anything it took, including covering up murders on his campus to keep winning games. Yes. I mean, Napier's, a, from all accounts, people say he's the closest thing to Saban that you can get that who's ever coached with Saban, including Kirby Smart. Well, that's a hell of a compliment. And he did an incredible job at Louisiana Lafayette. But Willie, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm with you. I think Florida's an overrated gig. I don't think it's a surefire thing. But he's a really good coach, and he'll probably get it done. But it just might take a minute. They're not going to be much better this year. I mean, I don't believe in Anthony Richardson at all. I mean, I, you, you're you're buying it while gritting your teeth and going, yeah, they're about to go six and six. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, if you're if you're going to get profit on this stock, it's going to take some time. And that's the other thing you wonder: like, does what if it takes three years? Does he get more time? 
or do they panic? Because in the past, they've panicked. Mm-hmm. And Spurrier won there, but Spurrier won everywhere. Spurrier, look what Spurrier did in South Carolina before he got tired at the end. Spurrier was a winner. Spurrier wins everywhere he goes. Urban Meyer won everywhere he went at the college level because there was literally no, there was nothing he wouldn't do to win. I, I don't know. know that Billy, I don't know that, I don't know that Billy Napier is that bad of a person. In fact, everything I hear is he's not. So he's probably not going to sell his soul to win the way that Urban Meyer did. I don't know, man. I mean, look, Eddie's a really good coach and he'll get it. He'll, he'll make them better. You'll make money on your purchase. But I don't know that it's this surefire, oh, God, Florida in five years is going to be a national title contender. I don't, I don't know that in the SEC, the way that the SEC could look in five years, I'm not prepared to say that. No, and you're making your money back without that. Because while I do believe they are an overrated program on a national title thing, I just pulled it up. In a conference win-loss standpoint, if you take out Randy Shannon in, in an interim situation, Florida has not had a coach with a losing conference record since 1984, Charlie Pell. Everybody since oh, wow. then at least had a winning record in the conference when they got done, except for Randy Shannon in 2017. Mullen went 21-13. and 13. Michael Wayne went 16-6 and six in the SEC. Even Muschamp went 17-15 and 15 in that disaster. Ron Zook went 16-8. and eight. So they've won games. Oh, yeah, you can win games, but the expectation there it's is title. to win national titles. Yes. And then wrapping up, I guess if you would like you a penny stock, feel free, but the Vanderbilt Commodores <laughs> after going 2-10 uh, and 10 overall and 0-8 oh and in the SEC last year. Did you see what my boy Clark Lee said yesterday? So they might take a minute, but they're going to be the best program in college football. <laughs> in what? In graduation rate? In, I mean, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Hey, I mean, look, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, how do you even? How do you even stand up there? I mean, wait, I get you. You got to sell your program. I get it. You ain't going to sell on. it like that. I mean, Clark. The best thing James Franklin has ever done as a coach is lose four games two years in a row at Vanderbilt. He went nine and I mean, They haven't. When was the last time they won an SEC game? Oh, I don't know. Two years ago? Is it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, don't you need to win a league game before you even start talking about anything else? Just win one league game. Beat somebody? Just anybody. One time. Go one and seven in the league and go, well, we improved. Yeah, one and seven in 2019. Didn't win a game in 2020. Didn't didn't win a game in 2021. No. Yeah, just slow your roll. But no, I want none of the stock. You don't believe him? Well, it's not not him. Daring Mason won three league games in 18. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just don't think – I don't think Vanderbilt has a commitment at all to it in a league where – I mean, you look around, and the one thing that's consistent from what we've just done is you look around, and we started in the West, and 
everybody's pretty damn committed, right? I mean, to at least being competitive and, and getting the East and Tennessee's going to, they're pretty committed. And Florida's pretty committed. And South Carolina's pretty committed. And, you know, Georgia's committed. And it's you Texas and, and OU are going to join. And yeah, and, and Missouri's more committed than you are. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're just, you're just not, you're not even trying. I mean, Vanderbilt four years ago had a month period where they beat Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Tennessee all in the same month. We've gone a long a way day. since those days. Those were glory days. Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, they're the fat kid who's never played baseball before who shows up for the high school varsity tryout. And everybody just goes, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But they let him try out and cut him and – they almost beat Notre Dame that year. They lost twenty-two to seventeen in South Bend. I remember that. Yeah. They didn't know that was the goal. That was that was the highlight. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, there's your SEC rundown all the way uh, across. <laughs> uh, and then I, I meant to mention this at the start, and I kind of uh, I kind of missed it. So I got asked on the board, make sure I posted it. Um, Ole Miss with some really bad news from a baseball roster standpoint. Nick Pogue, the Florida transfer, he is signing a free agent deal with the Washington Nationals. So, uh, huge blow Ooh, there to the Rebels. That is, a, um, that is a blow. So, that makes more pressure to add the kid that's visiting this weekend, right? There is a lot of pressure to pick up Jerron Watts-Brown from Long Beach State. Yes, that would be uh, that And what's, be his, what's his situation? He's visited Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know. I mean – they always go fine. I have no idea what he is doing from a decision. He was waiting for the draft to play out to see what his opportunities were. And he has a final three, most likely, of Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Oklahoma State in some order. And then Texas is trying to get involved, but appears to have not been successful in that to this point. So that is where uh, that is where he's sitting for the Rebels and, so uh, and Watts Brown. From an, from an NIL standpoint, those three programs are all probably offering roughly the same thing. I would assume. Yeah, because, I mean, Ole Miss now all of a sudden has, you know, the money that potentially would have gone to the Lucia available and some other stuff. So, yeah, I would think that it's all it's all relatively the same. And, I mean, Ole Miss sure as hell has got opportunities in its rotation right now. It's Elliott yeah, different spots. Sure. So, they, they have that um, sitting there. They all do. They'll all make room for him if he chooses their uh, – <coughs> sorry, their program. So. Anyway, that's it at uh, Rebel Grove. We'll continue to talk about that all day. We've got some other, a couple other draft notes up as well, as I mentioned, on Sonia and um, uh, Ethan Lege as well. So uh, those up at Rebel Grove. Neil's on the road. We'll have more coming to you this week on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts. And then check the message board and the website in the meantime. So have a good day. We'll talk to you again soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.